Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for joining us at the Express Church Experience, coming to you out of the Blue Exit Audio recording studio with our son Jeff, bringing God's word to you whenever you want to listen to it at your own time, in your own place, or wherever you receive the Express Church Experience. We're just glad you're here with us today. I hope you enjoy the message. We are in a great and glorious time of the year for the believers in Christ Jesus. We are coming up on a week from now, Resurrection Sunday. If you enjoy this message, please feel free to share it. Let's get the word of God out, the word of hope out, the word of joy out, so that those who are struggling right now can have a word of encouragement. Feel free to subscribe to this uh, YouTube channel. We also, you can subscribe to our Express Church on Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can receive the Sunday message that way. We are in the last week of March. And if you haven't heard the, the previous messages, that we've had a, a month of messages titled March. March is the month of command. And it's a reminder that that's why we were put on earth. We were put on earth to march, march with faith, march with conviction, and march to build the kingdom of God. And this final message in the month of March is simply titled, It is Finished. It is Finished. And that's a perfect way, I think, to end a study on March. End it with it is finished because anybody that sets out to do something, sets out to march, the, the likely end that they want is that what they do is finished. And so as our Christian march, we should also have that same mentality that we are marching because it is finished. We are marching because it is finished. And these words, these three simple words came from Jesus while he was on the cross giving up his life for you and me when he said it is finished and these words came between two other famous marches the first march is palm sunday which christians of various denominations around the world are celebrating today palm sunday and it is between palm sunday and the march to the witness of the resurrection which we will celebrate next sunday and that when between those two famous marches, Jesus said these words, it is finished. On Palm Sunday, Jesus entered, I call it, marched into Jerusalem for the last time. And waiting for him along the way was blind Bartimaeus, Bar, blind Bartimaeus who was on the side of the road begging. And Jesus could have passed by. But Jesus stopped, ministered to Bartimaeus, gave him sight and continued along the way. And I'm hoping that as we are marching, we're marching with Jesus as he's going into Jerusalem. 
waiting for Jesus along the way were people who saw what Jesus did during his ministry, who heard his preaching and heard the great, uh, the great miracle that he performed on Lazarus by raising him from the dead. And along the way were people, a very large crowd of people who spread their cloaks on the road. And while others laid branches from trees and spread them on the road and the I'm hoping that you are marching along the way or you're in the crowd witnessing this feeling good about this glorious time that we have in our year and a glorious time that we have in our faith and the glorious time that we are celebrating in our Christian march and the crowd was shouting Hosanna son of David blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and people were asking, who is this? And the crowds answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee. Oh, the crowd was stirred up as they marched in. And I'm hoping that Christians today, as we are celebrating the last week of our of March and the last week of our reminder of that we are Christians and that we are all a Christian march that we are stirred up like the crowd. The crowd response to Jesus was like rolling out the red carpet. If you've seen some of those famous Hollywood red carpet moments, it, that's how it was when Jesus was going into Jerusalem. The crowd shouted praises and worships. The crowd shouted faithful hope. The crowd gave faithful understanding of who Jesus was. And they knew that Jesus was the one who came in the name of the Lord. We're celebrating a great week. And I'm hoping that that's the testimony that you have. Share that testimony with somebody else. I give my praise and I give my worship to the one and the only who came in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. After Jesus came into Jerusalem just a few days later, he was led. I, I'm going to call it. He was marched up to a place called the skull, the place where the Roman government hung the worst criminals. Luke 23, 43 called the people hanging next to Jesus malefactors. Jesus was placed with the worst evildoers according to the law written by man. According to the law written by man, Jesus was hanging between two malefactors, two wrongdoers, two criminals, two convicts. And that lets us know what the world thinks about Jesus. I want to understand and hope you understand as well. Hanging between two malefactors is what the world thought about the person Jesus, the person who cared for the sick and who fed the hungry and associated with the disenfranchised and associated with people of different nationalities and and associated with people who the establishment hated and lived a homeless life hanging next to the malefactors was Jesus, the one who drove out the religious leaders out of his father's house, the temple, because they made it a, a den of thieves. But God wanted a house of prayer. That's who it was. That's who this person Jesus was, who the religious leaders called a malefactor. I want to give you a little more of a description of who this Jesus was, who the 
religious leaders called a malefactor who by the conduct and character of people today are still looks like they're viewing him as a malefactor. He at birth, he was hunted, chased and threatened by Herod. He was misunderstood by his parents while he was perplexing religious leaders. He was associated with as he, from people outside of his hometown. He was a, he was thought of as coming from a city where no good could come from. And when he went inside his city, he was rejected by his own people. A prophet is without honor in his hometown, leaving his hometown. His family even thought he was had some something wrong with him because of what he was doing and how he was preaching. Who is my mother and my brother and sister? That was the troubles that he had. Many of his initial followers, if you go to John at 666, you'll find uh, left Jesus because they found his preaching too difficult. Who is this person who the world thought, who the world's writings thought was a malefactor? He had no place where he could call his home. He was tempted by the devil and constantly challenged by the religious leaders. Oh, who was this man? who the religious leaders called a malefactor. They called him a malefactor. I call him a lightning rod to both the self-righteous and the sinners. Those who believed in him, they believed all they needed to do was touch the hem of his garment and they would be healed. The, the sinners, those who were looking for hope, all they knew is, is, is he could speak the word and all the people who heard it could be healed. That was the person who Jesus, the, some of the people of the world who followed Jesus, the sinners felt. But here's what the self-righteous thought about Jesus. Meanwhile, a large crowd, and I'm preaching from John 12, 9 through 11. Meanwhile, I'm going to go on a march, a meanwhile march for just a second. Meanwhile, a crowd of Jews from, found out that Jesus was at Lazarus' house. And they came not only because of Jesus, but they also wanted to see Lazarus. They wanted to see for themselves. I heard Lazarus was dead. I heard Lazarus was raised from the dead. I don't know which way it was going to go. So I'm going to go see for myself. They wanted to see Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans not only to kill Jesus, but they made plans to kill Lazarus, too. For on account of, him, of Lazarus, on account of what Jesus did for Lazarus, many of the people who were gathered were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in Jesus instead of in the religious leaders. That's who these religious leaders called a malefactor. He was betrayed by his good friend G Judas with a kiss. He was denied by his good friend Peter three times. He was deserted by his, his disciples who ran and hide. He was tried and found innocent, yet treated like a guilty malefactor. The governor Pilate tried his best to, to wash Jesus' blood from his hands. The Pilate, the governor, tried to exchange uh, Jesus's life for Barabbas. But the crowd said, give us Barabbas. Who is this man who the religious leaders called a malefactor? He was beaten. He was mocked. He was scorned. 
and he was marched to a place called the skull. And while all this was going on, the religious leaders thought it was finished. They thought Jesus's ministry was finished. They thought Jesus's followers were finished. They thought the challenge to their greed and hypocrisy in the name of the Lord, what they were trying to do to get money, it being money changers, it changing the temple into a den of thieves. They thought that that challenge to what they were doing and, and how they were profit, profiting from their, their position. They thought that that challenge was finished. And while they thought it was finished, it was Jesus who was allowing it to be finished. Jesus allowed humanity to work to its ultimate conclusion. I want to say that again in case somebody missed it. Jesus allowed humanity to work to its ultimate conclusion. The, their ultimate betrayal, their ultimate denial, the ultimate sin, which is to turn from our heavenly father and his only begotten son. That ultimate betrayal was finished. And that was the person who was there hung between two malefactors who said it was finished. But what, what the religious leaders thought was finished was a lot different than what Jesus thought was, was finished and a lot what you and I enjoy should be celebrating today, which is finished because what was finished was the crimson stain of sin. What was finished was the totality of humanity's sin. Oh, how do I want to say that? Come on now, somebody got to get excited because on that day, on Calvary, the totality of humanity's sins was finished. The separation that humanity had from the time of Adam and Eve, it was finished. It was taken to the cross and Jesus fulfilled the law. The fulfillment of the law was finished on Calvary. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron and his sons, these are the regulations for the sin offering. And I'm preaching from the law, Leviticus 6, 24 and 26, Leviticus 6, 24 to 26, where the Lord is speaking to Moses, telling Moses to give the instructions to Aaron, the chief priest on the regulations of the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in a place that is most holy. Oh, I'm hoping that we understand that. The law that was given said that a sin offering had to be slaughtered in a place that's most holy. The law required the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin. And Jesus became that sin offering for once and for all. Jesus's blood shed so that you and I could be cleansed from sin. Jesus became the sin offering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Punishment that was that brought us peace was upon him. Oh, I'm hoping that somebody who's hearing this today, who's struggling with whatever they're struggling with, has some peace today because the punishment that brought us peace was on Jesus, was on the man who the religious leaders and the Roman government hung up there with the malefactors. The, that was the peace that was on us. By his stripes, we are healed. Oh, I'm so excited 
that the prophecy of Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 became true on Mount Calvary. It's true then and it's true today. We, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Oh, you're only going to be a self-righteous uh, person like the religious leaders if you don't look internally and say, hey, I'm like a sheep that has gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own ways and the Lord has led him. The iniquity of us all was upon Jesus. He is the whole, he was the holy and without sin. He was the, the lamb that was slaughtered in the most holy place. The most holy place was him himself. The work of, of Jesus came to earth, had to be finished. And it was finished on Calvary. Oh, I'm hoping that you understand and you read about it at a time from noon to three where darkness covered the land, a place where the sun refused to shine, a place that God would not let anyone else enter or see. It had to go dark so that Jesus could take the sin of the world. So Jesus could take the separation of the world. So Jesus could take the punishment that could come upon the, the whole earth. Jesus had to go through that dark place. I know a whole lot of folks who are have been in dark places, but I'm hoping that today, if you hear this message, that you jump on out of that dark place because Jesus take, took your darkness to Calvary. And in that dark place, he had to say, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We don't need to say it anymore. It was said by Jesus while between 12 and three in that dark place where he was dying, where he was taken up our whole cause. I'm hoping that you, you understand that the world was thinking of him as a criminal because he had to take on the, the, the likeness of a criminal. He had to hang alongside of criminals so that each one of us who on our own would be looked at Jesus as a, and look at the almighty God and look at the saints of heavens, we would look as a criminal if it wasn't for what Jesus did. Jesus' blood made us whole. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited here today. I might be in a recording studio by myself. I may not be able to hear anybody giving any hallelujahs or praise God or thank you or Hosanna in the highest, but I'm just gonna have to say it for myself. You should be excited with me. That's the march that we celebrate each year, the march that Jesus took for us on Mount Calvary, the march that each year we remember and we celebrate, the march that should never, as we celebrate it and remember it, should never get old, the march of the new covenant. Oh, then he took the cup. He gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it, for this is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. And that's Matthew 26, Matthew 26, 27 and 29. Now I'm going to take a moment while you reflect on Jesus's representation and do this in remembrance of him. I may just have a little water, but I remember Jesus changed water into wine. 
So as, we t as, as you might be lifting your cup in remembrance of what Jesus did for you, I'm going to take a minute to take a little drink myself. And I'm going to think <clears throat> about that time when I will have the opportunity to drink again anew when I'm with Jesus in that father's kingdom. But right now, I'm going to take that march back to Calvary, back to the words that Jesus spoke on the cross, back to for us on that march, what I call the march of the malefactor. Oh, man. March of the malefactor, one of the criminals who hung, hurled insults at Jesus. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Oh, and if Jesus says, I tell you the truth, there's one thing I know that is the truth. Oh, I'm going to say it. it's not only the truth. I, I know some of the folks heard it. That's not only the truth. That's the gospel truth. I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And I like to read that sentence to say not only today you will be in, me, in paradise, but because of today, you will be with me in paradise because I am taking your sins on the cross. You will be with, with me in paradise because you understand who I am. You will be in paradise because you repented for your sins. You will be in paradise because you put your faith in me. Jesus is saying you will be with me in paradise because of that day, because of what Jesus did and because I believe in what he did and I believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I believe in one God together unified as one and because of that day, I know I will be in paradise and that gives me comfort in the name of the Lord. If you know somebody who's not in a state of comfort and peace, oh, just throw, throw them this video. Just say, spend a little half hour and then have them come and talk to you. And, and they should understand why you are going through struggles but have comfort, why you're going through uncertainty, but you have peace because our peace is in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it is that, that is the reason why I march. I marched because Jesus died for me. I marched because Jesus made a promise to me because I want to drink anew with Jesus in our father's kingdom. The reason why I march is because it is finished. Jesus finished the work so that we no longer have to live in sin. We no longer have to live in guilt. We no longer have to live in sadness. We no longer have to live in fear. We no longer have to live in loneliness. We no longer have to live in darkness. Jesus set in motion the example of how the work 
needs to be finished, how the work needs to be finished. Jesus completed everything. Jesus paid it all. And so it was finished. Now, some some people might be struggling then and saying, if it is finished, what more is there for me to do? I know if you're thinking about that, just pause for a moment and I'm going to get to it. Jesus is time on the cross, the representation of what happened on the cross reminds me of a graduation commencement ceremony. Most people have either experienced one themselves or maybe you've attended one of a family member. It's called a commencement ceremony. And most people believe that's the time where we celebrate the accomplishments of the person receiving the award celebrating the sacrifices made to achieve one's academic calling, a time to receive recognition for the hard work they did. But we need to understand that the word commencement does not mean it is finished. Commencement means to begin or to start. The work on the cross not, was not only what was finished, but the work on the cross was a handing off to us a new covenant and a new opportunity to begin our work. It was the launching point, the commencement of our march for the kingdom of God. It was a starting point for our ministry. It was the marching orders for us to march in faith. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's what Jesus said. And he said, do not say four months more than the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now, the reaper draws his wages even now the harvest of the crops for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may, may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and one reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you did not work for. I send you to reap what you did not work for. Jesus worked, did all the work. Jesus did all the tilling. Jesus did all the cultivating. Jesus made the soil perfect for the crop to grow and we what we are supposed to do is reap from that others have done Jesus said the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor Jesus talking to his disciples said he, he, his food what gives him nourishment which keeps him going is to do the will of God and do it till it's finished on Mount Calvary, Jesus accomplished what he said. It was finished. And on March, we are told to commence into the harvest field of the lost and the lonely with the knowledge that God gave us with the Lord dying on the cross. We know because it's finished, we have a place in paradise because it's finished. 
we can march with obedience. We can march with faith. We can march with conviction. We can march with heavenly power, knowing that all things work for good for Christ who strengthens us. March with the love of Christ in us. March with the grace that Christ showed us while we were yet sinners dying on the cross for me. March with humility. March with fellowship. March with rejoicing. Hosanna in the name of the Most High. I march because I know when my earthly march is over, I will be with the Lord in paradise. I march because I know I'm going to be drinking with the Lord anew. I know so I can march that someday I will be in a place where the roads are paved with gold, where a, no, where a place where there's no more crying and no more dying. I know I can march today because I know that there's going to be a time where I'm going to be sitting with the elders of my family and my friends who have gone before me. I know that I'm going to be excited today. I'm going to be happy to, to have the nourishment of the work that the Lord has placed on me that I need to finish it because I know someday I'm going to be sitting next to that malefactor who was redeemed right before his earthly life was finished. I know I'm going to join the heavenly host as they're praying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I don't know what's going on today, but I know that the Lord's the earth is filled with the Lord's glory and his people who should be marching to bring forth that glory so that we can bring his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know how you're going to march, but I'm going to march with power. I'm going to march with love. I'm going to march with grace. I'm going to march with conviction and I'm going to march with everything I have until that glorious day when I take that last march into heaven to receive the cup anew in his glorious kingdom where I'm going to live with joy and peace in the name of the Lord in the presence of almighty God forever and ever. This is the last day, the last Sunday we have in March. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the resurrection. But between now and then, I'm hoping you reflect on what the Lord has done for us and, and the, the asking that the Lord gave to us. We, as the people of God, are called to march. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.